it's a, a kind of spread out and there's a lot of people, but you seem to keep running into the same ones. Okay, good. You know, I don't know. So, so, so if you guys go towards time. Love and Ovens that way, uh, we'll head over that way and meet up with her and make sure she gets a ride back up to the parking lot. Okay. And I brought a jacket with me, so I think I'll be okay. Okay. Because okay. Love yeah. and Ovens is a place you should stop at. It's okay. A, it's pretty neat to see a bakery in the middle of the forest like that okay. with whipping out pizzas and sticky buns and. It's, yeah, it's wonderful. Food. Okay. Yeah, and it's good that you good. ask people yeah. if you can interview. Very good. Okay, yeah. I have to actually for the radio, so I always do that. All right, thanks a bunch, you guys. So I'm walking up to the information booth. It's a baby blue tarp over a, um, a table that's made out of wood, flats, and uh, cut wood. And it's got a nice little white Chinese lamp over it and some hmm, prayer flags. And there's just beautiful people everywhere. <laughs> you look like an old friend of mine. Hi. <laughs> Good. OK, we're walking through the barter area. People have blankets and towels down. and things that they want to barter. There's a lot of jewelry, candles. Books, shoes. It's kind of like being in the mall outside. There's a free clinic. It's a table set up, and it's just got a bunch of free medicinals. Menstrual products, condoms. We're going down the hill. Free aid. There's a sign that's posted on a little stick. And it's written on a piece of brown cardboard. First aid clinic slash calm. Free medical care. People are coming down the hill. There's probably a group of you know, 20 people. There's an open fire, tarps everywhere, a couple of tents. Would you like to be interviewed for our show? Absolutely. Great. Awesome. My name's Suzanne. Suzanne, and, nice um, to meet you. My given name at birth was Luke Goldstein. Awesome. Other known as Alokananda. Alokananda. How many gatherings have you been to? This is my first gathering. Yes, but uh, I feel that I've been a part of this culture for a long time. For what reasons? For what reasons do I feel that I've been a part of this culture, or what brings me here? Yeah. What reasons? What reasons do you feel you've been a part of this culture? Just a uh, part of social, environmental, spiritual change. Uh, learning to connect with the earth more, heal one another, live in a vibration of love and not conditioning. Where are you from? I'm from New York City. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. And you know, a lot of people call this group of people hippies. Mm -hmm. How do you feel about that? I think any generalization creates walls and barriers between human connectedness. Even if you called me a yogi, I'd be like, you know, please don't classify me. Let's just connect as we are, and uh, I don't, I wouldn't limit this group to such a name as, as just hippie. There's a diversity of people here, and we're, we've come, we've evolved out of that 60s culture, but we've, there's such a change in the world now where there's so many more subcultures overlapping that you can't generalize a population of rebellious, and when I mean rebellious, I mean people that are anti-conditioning. 
So that can manifest in a lot of different ways. Uh, there's a lot of different spiritual communities here. There's a lot of different um, ways that people choose to express themselves. So I, I would say that hippie is a very, very broad and kind of under, undermining uh, generalization of the energy that's here. Our show is about peacemaking. Mm -hmm. What are you most looking forward to at this gathering as it relates to peace? Uh, I have a lot of peace within, that's what I strive to cultivate, and I'm just looking to share that with other people and find other, you know, other people that are holding that vibration of peace within themselves. I think there's um, a powerful change happening on our planet and that a lot of people that have chosen to come here are aware of the more profound, subtle, spiritual changes that are happening in human consciousness right now, and that is very much about peace. And, you know, I think some people here are a little more on an escape, escapism trip, and others are really aware of what needs to change. So I'd like to stimulate some insight or thoughts for people that are kind of stuck in a, a rebellious uh, culture that isn't necessarily looking to, to heal themselves or nurture themselves. Um, yeah, I'm just here to spread my light. Yeah, so you really you already sense that there is a split here with different kinds of people at the gathering. That some people have a different motivation. Yeah, absolutely. Um, intentions become clear at some point um, when you connect with another person. I think we all feel that kind of stuff uh, subtly when we interact with other human beings. And uh, here, there's so many like minds that you you're pretty you're pretty sure which side of the split you fit into more or less and I think some people are in the middle as well but again I don't want to generalize uh, even in that context. It's a fascinating comment because you called it escapism. Mm -hmm. What makes you uncomfortable about that portion of society? You know, uh, I'll call it escape escapism on some level because there's an element of that but there's also a tremendous courage that it takes to leave the known and that I think a lot of these younger or this culture of traveling, hitchhiking seekers, uh, they know something's fundamentally wrong with the structures that we come from, but their approach is missing an element of inner responsibility, what I mean, emotional awareness, uh, you know, health-oriented practices. We're, I think we're all ultimately looking for a consistency of fulfillment, and so, like I said, there, there's something about staying in the known only, like staying in a, uh, in a social structure. You never experience another culture, you never experience um, uh, something outside of your security or of your comfort. So there's something to be said about leaving the known. But balancing that also with responsibility, I think, is the key. That's the middle path that I'm trying to connect with other people that have jobs, but also, you know, are aware that there's this change happening. And, you know, much love to people that just travel, you know, right on. I think uh, that's a valiant path of self-discovery. Um, but there's got to be a point where you're acknowledging whether you are harming yourself and or fate, you know, like in my own personal, let me summarize this, my own personal belief system, you know, I believe in karma, so to speak, cause and effect, even in, in physics, that wherever we are running from something, you know, having aversion to, or we're clinging to something, holding on to, we're creating a cycle. And that really coming into that center of in between resisting or holding on to is, is, a, is a, a healthy, integrated, loving, peaceful way of being in the world. Great. I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much.
action guarantees a strong reaction. Everybody wants to be a movie star. I can see the big attraction, cause they work for just a fraction of the time we work, yet they get paid much more. <laughs> and the basking in the glory is a big part of the story. Must be fun for everyone to know your name. Though it might not be so jazzy to be trailed by paparazzi, to be an actor seems worthwhile just the same. So if you want to be an actor, clap your hands. If you want to be an actor, clap your hands. If you want to be an actor with the paparazzi factor, if you want to be an actor, clap your hands. But if you'd rather drive a tractor, stamp your feet. If you'd rather drive a tractor, stamp your feet. If you'd rather drive a tractor, then be a movie actor. If you'd rather drive a tractor, stamp your feet. If you want to be an actor, I suggest you buy a camera. Have your friends film the movie of your life. You'll have to find a good solution to accomplish distribution, but at least you'll be a star in your own mind. And I know it will be hard to face the pressures of a job, but at least you will work in reality. You could cure the world of cancer, prevent the next disaster, be a productive member of society. But if you'd rather be an actor, clap your hands. If you'd rather be an actor, clap your hands. If you'd rather be an actor with the paparazzi factor, if you'd rather be an actor, clap your hands. But if you want to drive a tractor, stamp your feet. If you want to drive a tractor, stamp your feet. If you want to drive a tractor and not be a movie actor. If you want to drive a tractor, stamp your feet.
Nor will the flies be too. The experiment is was will be to observe the behavior of the world with flies, what you give, what you feed, what you take away, and these tiny, short-lived, anarchic flies I see them grow up, be beetle, and die, to perhaps live again, and when you alter the food supply, in this experiment, raw animal fats, they start to guard, they send aerials that bombard you, to protect their land, yes. I'm the lord of the flies, and they resent their lord, they located me in a small bunker WWN, I know that's not a direction, but it's probably a 24 hours news channel, I know, the docile flies found some yogurt or some mush in the sink, and others just hung out on the cabinetry. I'd watch them crossbreed into different types of flies, they're creatures, when let me photograph it, it makes me feel, like food supply is so important, and I have this supposition that shared food, creates that sympathy, that's my buddy less than that's greater than work, but when you remove the food supply, they attack you, because now your food, flies represent humanity, as God is in all things, or lord, if you're not anarchic, as really, the world is really, and your house is the world, and you don't have to be a lord, to treat it right, or wasps better than flies. They behave differently, but this intelligence is all around us, recognize, atmospheric intelligence, yeah, even the buzzy little UFOs, if you can see them, flies can, the sequence operational photos with descriptions are absorbed, radioing, we have escalating disturbances. I think I just gave my best, as a gift, to the flies, your lord, you may not get it, get it, dot, get it. That's the power of cubed. I'm not trying to kill flies. I'm trying to return them to nature, and what is our nature? It's how we promote life to, where they choose to be, sort of wants can be provided for, and for a cost, so I guess the old adage, careful what you wish for, is true and abused. It's a negotiation of connection rudimentary attempted and everlasting presence on this planet, but man. I know it's a kick, but there are so many chromosomal clones, and the Earth keeps trying, maybe to have a sun again. I don't know, but you know this. Whatever you do on Earth, is. I'm not trying to kill flies. I'm trying to return them to nature, and what is our nature? It's how we promote life to, where they choose to be, sort of wants can be provided for, and for a cost, so I guess the old adage, careful what you wish for, is true and abused. It's a negotiation of connection rudimentary attempted and everlasting presence on this planet, but man. I know it's a kick, but there are so many chromosomal clones, and the Earth keeps trying, maybe, to have a sun again. I don't know, but do know this. Whatever you do on Earth, is remembered, simple. Gravity, get it. That's all for now, that I'm at liberty to disclose, no to hash, bleed, 101, hashtag experiment, that, the aggressors, that were fed, are still well fed, and as aggressive as ever, remove their meat, and they find you, they'll feed on the dead skin from more ears, the protein will spill blood, your tears, fears, leftover beers, drunk, punks, with badges, didn't know to check off life, or death, got nothing left, but to wink, tin, man, if only he had a brain, explained, to the curtain, certainly got in one day, we'll be saying, the evolution cycle is faster, as we think, less and less and less than say, clean boys, greater than greater than military intelligence is your intelligence, to Bring yourself and others, peace, it's a rationing, rational experiment, designed to inform command, but whose command, it's your choice, unless drafted, get it. Code for not yet complete, the more you're in the shit, the less shit you give, and with that relief, so, relieve yourselves, soldiers. Operational itemization, 1x delivery of experimental device, 1x on-site personnel, 1x special forces for duration, and x schizophrenic, mad enough to operate all roles of duration, 2x days operational, collate, publish, smiley face. I'm not trying to kill flies, I'm trying to return them to nature, and what is our nature? It's how we promote life to, where they choose to be, sort of wants can be provided for, and for a cost, so I guess the old adage, careful what you wish for, is true and abused. It's a negotiation of connection rudimentary attempted and everlasting presence on this planet, but man. I know it's a kick, but there are so many chromosomal clones, and the Earth keeps trying, maybe to have a sun again. I don't know, but do know this. Whatever you do on Earth, is remembered, simple. Gravity, get it. That's all for now, that I'm at liberty to disclose, no to hash, bleed, 101, hashtag experiment, that, the aggressors, that were fed, are still well fed, and as aggressive as ever, remove their meat, and they find you, they'll feed on the dead skin from more ears, the protein of all spilled blood, your tears, fears, leftover beers, drunk, punks, with badges, didn't know to check off life, or death, got nothing left, but to wink, tin, man, if only he had a brain, explained, to the curtain, certainly got in one day, we'll be saying, the evolution cycle is faster, as we think, less and less and less than say, clean boys, greater than greater than military intelligence is your intelligence, to yourself and others, peace, it's a rationing, rational experiment, designed to inform command, but whose command, it's your choice, unless drafted, get it. Code for not yet complete, the more you're in the shit, the less shit you give, and with that relief, so, relieve yourselves, soldiers. Operational itemization, 1x delivery of experimental device, 1x on-site personnel, 1x special forces for duration, and x schizophrenic, mad enough to operate all roles of duration, 2x days operational, collate, publish, smiley face. 
Loads of value over C3W, chef, musician, comedian, programmer, technologistics, alcoholic. You can find his moniker on such sites as SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, Footprooper.com, GitHub, C3W.org, and even visit his curations, curiosities, and sensitive I am of his online shop, titled Atmospheric Intelligence and Simplify.com Additional, still in the bunker, less time. I think I'm beginning to understand hashtag type. I've been in this mode for two days, authoring, being tactical, thinking short radio talk, observing threats, options, and mitigations, results, security. I've even got my straight down cheeky smiley face. Additional, still in the bunker, less time. I think I'm beginning to understand hashtag type. I've been in this mode for two days, authoring, being tactical, thinking short radio talk, observing threats, options, and mitigations, results, security. I've even got my straight down cheeky smiley face. Well, all you need to know is if the FL13Z do take over, I'll have V3 ready, also known as the weapons are powerful, it's meant to fall into the wrong hands. C3W. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. You can watch if you want to. You can slap Spiegelman's behind. L-W-A-F-L-M-N-O-Y-T on Mutiny Radio. Mutiny. It's pronounced mutiny. Mutiny! It's, it's pronounced mutiny. Mutiny! Oh, my turn-offs are guys who say mutiny. Mutiny? Well, let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Mike Spiegelman. Oh, Mike Spiegelman. Mike Spiegelman. Mike Spiegelman! Hey! Mike Spiegelman! Mike Spiegelman! Mike Spiegelman! Mike Spiegelman! channel Draven. D Draven. Draven. 
I, you know, when I saw that this movie was on Draven's channel, I just said, that is so Draven. That is that's so uh, Draven. That's why I subscribe. Oh, yeah. Subscribe oh, to Draven. Mm-hmm. All right. So here's the deal. We want you to go ahead and find Thunderground 1989. It's on the channel uh, posted by Draven. Uh, when you find it, click the link and then immediately hit pause right there. And then fiddle with the timer. Uh, right now I'm trying to fiddle with my mobile phone. Uh, and then hit pause and move the timer to 000. Carl has scoured the world that he yeah. found himself a celebrity comedian. Right. Uh, from uh, which, which exit this week? Uh, this week it will be from New Jersey. Oh, New Jersey. Okay, well, let's turn it Which exit? Is that what you said? I oh, how, how rude of me. That's so rude of me. One, Jeez. Exit 146 on the park. Yeah. 146 of the parkway. Fair enough. It's so, a great exit. Uh, lots of good, uh, good. I like the mayor of that exit. You know, I believe that exit has a Arby's and a Chevron and a Roy Rogers off of it. <laughs> I know you're right because every exit in Jersey does. Yeah, and Howard Johnson. Okay, it's, uh, back in the day. So, ladies and gentlemen, we're very excited to have this comedian who I'm not aware of, but I'm now a fan of. Uh, Introduce the movie. Uh, when they say go, go ahead and click go, and then I'll be back. But Carl, take it away. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back once again to the Celebrity Comedian Countdown, this time with Carl C. Kellan. Hey, Carl. What's going on? Well, the first thing I wanted to raise, I mean, we see each other around the open mic scene. I'm up north, you're down south, but we bump into each other. I really thought we were name buddies. Turns out your name is Mike. This is a stage name. How did that come about? I don't know. Really. Like, uh, it's like I was talking to my friend one day, and we started going back and forth doing our old, like, Willie Loman voice. We, um, we loved uh, Death of a Salesman with uh, mm. Dustin Hoffman because we just thought he was, I don't know. I don't know if it's a good performance, like, literarily or whatever it's called, but he was just so weird and over the top. Like, Lee J. Cobb played him, like, miserable angry guy mm -hmm. and dustin hoffman we just thought was hilarious so i don't know so this is like a lot of time later we're just bullshitting back and forth talking like this voice and we started calling each other carl and cal because we thought it was funny that their names were basically like one letter off but they were yeah. best friends and um i just started doing the voice on stage so i kind of just became carl all the time and it was born gotcha I think your accent sounds like a North Jersey, you know, like a Brooklyn accent. Am I wrong on that? Connie, New Jersey. Yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. And also all wrapped up within your persona is his attitude and the hats you wear. Where did these hats come from? I don't know. Just I started in the winter and I was always cold. Mm -hmm. And I get mm -hmm. when I get nervous and cold, it, it's just worse for me. So I just <laughs> said to myself, I'm just going to like cover myself and i never wore like a hat like this in my life to be honest like i used to play baseball and would occasionally like wear a baseball hat or something yeah, like outside yeah. of it but i don't know i just started doing it almost as like a little like just something to like loosen myself up just going like i look like a fucking asshole you know <laughs> just to like get get out of my own head a little bit and like fight the nerves and then i just it just became like a, i don't really perform without one 
Now, recently, um, Richard Dweck gave me the sad news that the Brighton Bar is closed down. I know you were a big part of that scene there. Um, every time I've ever gone down there, it's a, like an hour and a half drive for me, but I just want to be in front of strangers. And there you are. What is your take on this place closing down? Um, I was just as like surprised as everybody. I was just really sad about it because like, like you're saying, like uh, we developed a pretty good thing over the last few years with Angelo yeah. running the open mic. And then on Tuesday, um, I don't know if you ever came on a Tuesday. Did you ever come to like Mad Lee's mixed mic? I um, guess I didn't. I guess I was just there for the open mic. Uh, yeah, on Tuesday nights, there was a mixed mic. Uh, so you, you could do music and stuff. But, mm. you know, so I, I do like poetry or comedy still. And um, so, yeah, it was like Monday, Tuesday, and then Brian had Thursday. I was there like three, four nights a week recently. Yeah. So when they, you know, when they suddenly like uh, uh, closed, it was just, yeah, I don't know. I'm still getting my head around it because I like my mind and my fucking like, like a creature of habit. Like it just doesn't feel right. It's like when yeah. high school baseball ended and the yeah. spring came and I was like, aren't I supposed to go and do something at this time. <laughs> it's time for practice, right? What's going on? It's yeah. like a vacuum. It, I mean, it's a, it's a piece of local history. Uh, well, we'll see what happens, but I guess it's going away. So now they roasted you there. They did a Carl C. Callan roast. How did that come about? Uh, we did it in August 2019. So I would say like a few months before that, uh -huh. I, I started to say on stage because I'd always be drunk. I thought it was funny that Dan Caprio would do a, a open mic at his house and you had to like DM him for the address because it was uh -huh. like his home address. And I didn't know at the time I had like was basically new in comedy. And I just thought it was funny that it was like DM me for the address. So one night I, after a set, I just said, uh, we're having a roast of me here. Dan Caprio's the roast master. If you want information, you got to DM him. <laughs> and then uh, people, enough people like followed up and asked me about it. So then we just, wow. you know, we, we asked Brighton and they gave us a date with like plenty of time to promote. So we just kind of like went nuts and just tried to like promote it and just constantly say it and like hype it up. And it turned out like, yeah, there was like, I don't know, man, maybe like 20, 20 performers. And I, I think it was like, I don't know, 60 or 80 audience. There might have been like 100 total. It was like, mm -hmm. a, it ended up being like a really like unexpectedly pretty like well attended and and the performances were great so it ended up being really good but it came out of nowhere I, yeah. I i just i didn't know what to do like what kind of show do you have and i was like roast battles are like the new thing but yes. maybe just because carl isn't like real but some people know but some people don't and i'm such a fucking weirdo i was like maybe <laughs> maybe we can kind of sell it and people will like get into the concept of doing the old-fashioned like you know one guy getting roasted which then turns into like a roast of everybody, which is, you know, the goal normally. So it that works really out. cool. I mean, it just was born out of hap happenstance with that DM me and it was born on stage with a sentence. Uh, that is really cool. Now, the, the most exciting thing, though, recently is this new audiobook podcast, right? Balls. Tell us about that and where people can find it. Uh, balls uh, we put out the first episode on uh, Spotify and I think I mean we did it through anchor and we're trying to get onto as many platforms as possible uh -huh. so I think it's like uh, iTunes and Apple podcasts it, it might be on or it might take 
but Spotify is definitely on. And um, yeah, I've just been sitting on this idea for a while. I was stoned out of my mind and I'm <laughs> rambling about like p- everything you see is like people are making ball shaped like novelty foods on like BuzzFeed and like, I don't know, like every video I saw on Facebook at the time, it was just like chicken porn bowl, a cheese steak bowl. And I just said like, it would be a good fucking idea for a business to just make everything in ball shape. So it's all uniform. There's right. like, you know, it's the same packaging. It's the same like little baskets of balls. So it's the name of the restaurant then. Yeah, the, the character's name is Michael Ball, because at the time, it's like, <laughs> in the story, it's 2016, 2017, it's the beginning of, like, cancel culture, and everybody's kind of like, nobody's going to go for that, like, yeah. that, like, joke of, like, oh, eat balls, or, like, balls in your mouth, and he's like, it's my name, my last name is Ball, how could you tell somebody you can't, you can't have your restaurant named, so, and it just went from there, and I could never figure out how, how to tell the story. So yeah. it just popped into my head one day. I was like, uh, there's this thing called Shit Town or S Town or whatever um, mm-hmm. podcast. And I never thought I'd like something like it, but I found myself listening to these like one hour episodes of investigative journalism and interviews. And it was interesting. So I was just like, you know, I've been sitting on these like 800 notebooks of notes on this story that I can't seem to write and tell fully. So I just asked him one day, I was like, you want to read a couple pages of, of a thing and see if you want to like come come at it from a different angle? So we just pushed it into the future. So in the story, it's 2045. Oh, and- so that's really good that this is finally coming to fruition. And uh, to name your restaurant that, that takes balls. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> Okay, so we're going to get ready to watch this full-length movie on YouTube with the audience. So, Carl, why don't you go and count us down? All right. We're getting the wild. We're getting ready. You ready? Uh, three, two, one, go. Wow, that was a great celebrity comedian. Thank you, Carl. I, I do appreciate so. it. Yeah, yeah, New Jersey is a lot. Oh, look at this. Rosenbrugge's Attorney at Laws presents. <laughs> attorney at Law. <laughs> Paul Confucius. Yeah, Confucius say, arg, grunt. Confucius He's say, pug, oof. Thunderground. Thunderground. Portmanteau. You hear this music? music? Why is Emmett Walsh, Emmett Walsh third build? Because he doesn't hardly do anything, and that guy will take any role, and don't forget it's 1989. So you know the story about him in in Blood Simple. He told the the Coen brothers, I'll be in this movie, but you pay me in cash. Uh They bring this up up in the uh, DVD commentary stuff. and So he did the movie because they paid him in cash because he had no faith in them. And then he said that... He was only able to appear in one other Joel Nathan Cohen movie, uh, Raising Arizona, in the beginning. And he said uh, he only trusted him more. Maybe he would have been a regular. But he did. it was kind of legendary that he, he wanted cash up front. So maybe he got cash up for this. This was uh, – that was the Coen brothers' first film ever, and it was really quite independent. And he won the Independent Spirit Award for Best Male Lead – uh, oh, wow. Emmett Walsh did from that movie. Well, yeah, he had a lot more than cash and he had a... Okay, what we're seeing here is like a hobo camp in Tennessee. 
Oh, sure. This must be the Tennessee Hobo Junction. Yeah, this is a, that's that's right, Mike. You must you must know someone there. It's the Tennessee Hobo Junction. And, well, I know. Uh, I, not not sounds stereotypical, but there's Shoeless Joe. Uh, right. Yeah. Now this is Casey, and he is doing um, uh, three card Monty, and he's, he's grifting the hobos. Yeah, he is pretty much grifting. Uh, he paid someone to win, you know, gave him twenty dollars. Sure. Yeah, so that would make it seem like people can win. And now he's taking. Sorry, Grandma. Another day. Now you uh, see the cards are Camel cigarettes. It's the the cut. The, the, well, the he, not so good. It's it's Camel Cassidy buys those those Camel <laughs> Camel cards. You know, I, as I look back, uh, Camel was so geared towards children. Uh, they had the cartoons and the comic books, and yeah, like the Camel Cash. Like, oh, I get to keep a. You know, it's like a decoder ring or something. You know, it's like a Cracker Jacks box. So you're saying that the Camel Cash that you got from your packages of Camel cigarettes from the yeah. late '80s, early '90s, yeah. and then you bought off items off your uh, catalog. Right. Was the same thing as Grit Magazine advertisements in the back yeah. of <laughs> Yeah, no shit. Yeah. It was a scam to get children to try cigarettes and be excited and enthusiastic about them at a young, you know, at an age so that they would have a customer for life, you know. Have you ever been in a bar where you met someone who was uh, promoting cigarettes? Yes. Yes. It's so funny. What was your experience? Well, um, it would just be a young person who you thought was just at the bar and they would talk to you about, do you smoke? And you, you know, and they, would you like to try the, yeah, I've been there. It was at, um, uh, two or three times at, um, the boiler room in Garfield, New Jersey, when I had the open nice. there on Tuesday. Nice. They hit up the host. That is so great. They're really with it. Now somebody called Casey out. So she oh, he can't. She and, can do it through card Monty. No, she proved that she wasn't cheating him, and then she uh, he walked off um, because he knew that uh, the, there was the heat was on. The heat was on. Right, it was on the street. The heat was on. Now, the guy on the right was in Blade Runner, but you might know him from Newhart. Right, sure. It's, he's Daryl, or no. Yes. Ken, Kenneth W. Roberts is his name. Um, I really know him pretty much from Blade Runner. He was pretty good in that. So Blade Runner, he falls in love with Daryl Hannah, or he built Daryl Hannah, and Daryl Hannah kicks his ass, right? And he wears, like, yes. floppy, raggedy and shit. I just want to say for the record that that is a gross oversimplification, but in court, I would have to say to the attorney, yes, that is well, accurate. All right, let the record stand. Uh, <laughs> no further testimony, Your Honor. Uh, he played like a floppy. Witness. She's like, I'm going to kick, I'm going to kill you. He's like, oh, okay. <laughs> well, he was the assistant to the big uh, CEO who made all of the replicants, and he was part of designing them and stuff. And he um, remember, he 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 had all his little robots at home. Yeah, yeah, Hello, yeah. Jimmy. What was his name? Hi, fellas. 
Okay, now he's like future, future PD or something like that. Hello, future PD. Hello, fella. Oh, so here's the hobos. We're back in the. Well, past. okay. So what happened is the guy who she gave the twenty two. You know, the guy she paid um, for uh, pretending to win. He was running away with twenty bucks. You know, with her twenty bucks. So Casey yeah, just was sharp, and he caught her. Oh, who's this dude? Uh, oh, is this the other celebrity? Holy cow! This his he must be Bird, the hero, the second hero of her movie. Ouch! Bird, Ouch! He jumped off a train. Is he free as a bird? This is like classic rock movie right here. He is free as a bird. There's Casey. I got your pack. Oh right. Because so is she's he 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 is like we think that she is a boy right now so he is like why did you jump off the train when it stops in a mile you know a mile up the up the track is she trying to pretend to be a uh, hobo boy hobo boy yeah if you're a girl in the hobo scene as i was for many years you're right. vulnerable uh you have something that men want and it's kind of lawless, you know? So if you pretend you're a boy, which I did for many years there, uh, you're safer because nobody wants, nobody, you know, guys don't want to, you know, if they see a girl, it's on. If they see a guy, you know, it's like 80-20. Okay, so, would you, Carl, would you do that again or, or are you just totally no hobo? No. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. I'm going to sleep outside tonight, but hey, no hobo. No hobo, okay? Let's All sleep right. outside tonight, Mike. But no now, hobo. Now our audience can hear who writes this joke down first. It doesn't <laughs> have the next open, open mic. Yeah. I, I'm writing it down. I'm writing it down. No <laughs> hobo. No hobo. I think he'd be... Damn it. Yeah. All right. I got to find a Zoom open mic after this. Okay, so the guy from Blade Runner, the guy from Newhart... They were going to do a fight, but his guy's kind of chickened out and hasn't shown up. And he's got a lot of money riding on it. He's taking bets. So Bird just jumped off a train and fell into Casey's lap. So Casey's right. like, hey, here's a chance for me to make some money. I got a man, old fat Joe man. You got a what? I got a man. <laughs> what your man got to do with me? I ain't trying to hear that Oh, I have, I have a man. Oh, yeah, I don't believe it. Look, he's already shirtless. Oh, fuck. No, he's, his shirt's back on. <laughs> his shirt popped back you on. You think you could fight that big lug over there? I can fight. Good, Sanderson. Now, look, I think this movie started wrong as a writer. I think that the movie should have started with five minutes of the backstory of how Bird got on the road, how he was a prize fighter, how he didn't take a fall when the, you know, when the mob put pressure on him, and how they ruined his life and he had to run. Right. But they don't but the, do that. It's his mysterious backstory that's told during the second act, third act. It, yeah, it is. It's his backstory that's dribbled out, but not 100%. But, I mean, it would put some realism to this uh, film. I mean, we would have a reason that he's a bum and a drunk, you know, we'd find out that it just happened a week ago, you know? Right. It would be some reason. Also, he would become the hero of the movie. 
really Casey is the hero. It's their story together and they're both the heroes, but it starts with Casey. Is Casey the is, manager? Like is Casey like providing like these fights for him? He's right. Casey's like, You stick with me, kid. We're gonna fight the man and I'll tell you all about that. This is a lot of movies are like bare buck bare fighting, you know, bare knuckle fighting. Like fighting. Have you ever seen that movie Terrence Howard? ING. <laughs> Does, does it really gild the lily and call itself fighting? Yeah, it does. Tatum, Tatum, uh, Tatum, what, Chatham, Tatum. Tatum, Tatum. Tatum, Tatum, Tatum. Yeah, O'Neal. He plays, like, a really good bare-knuckle fighter, and there's an underground fighting ring that turns out leads him through. And it's, you know, these sounds are great because they're so nihilistic. Like, it's such a end to the end. Ouch. Ouch! Ouch! Your fake punches really hurt. Oh, I think I think these are like real good uh, boiler makers, Carl. I believe the term in the sweet science. It's clearly like a gas fire. Look yeah, how cold it is. I know, like Street Fighter has more realistic fighters in the background. <laughs> Mortal Kombat has better fighters in the background. Round two. Oh, I haven't said that like, all yet during this movie. Are you ready? Get ready. Bye. What was that called again? This Street Fighter and there's like Mortal Kombat. Yeah, com- okay. Porno, Fighter. Porno Combat. Dead or Alive. Porno Combat. Porno Combat. Oh, I'll write that down. Hey, porno. At least I beat you this All right. I got, okay, so I he wins the fight. He wins the fight. Yeah. Because- but Casey had taken all bets against, okay? So therefore, when it doesn't pay off, she tries to run, okay? So all the people are, are going to, you know, she ran off with all the money. Uh, I tell you, that's the hobo world, man. You just can't make a square deal. It's like if you put some money in my hand, I'm going to disappear. Uh, I can't tell you how many times I've been in a hobo junction betting on illegal bear, uh, bear knuckle fighting, and it, it winds up being a scam. You know, there's no dignity to it. <laughs> now they all—they caught. I up mean, with I'm betting on illegal. Okay, look, your yapping made us miss her boobs. Okay, we just missed the only boobs in the movie. They find <laughs> out she's a girl because her tits came out. So now they're like, you know, give us our money. And then she's like, I We're can't wrong. because I won't. Ha- I just don't have enough to pay all the bets I took. And then they're like, well, we could work it out in another form of payment. And Bird will save her from getting raped. Bird will pretend like, I get her first. I did the fighting. All right. Oh, wow. Rescue. And then you get, I'm just joking. They walk around the, the other track. Don't let him hear it, but I'm just teasing. Let's go. <laughs> oh, she doesn't know that yet. She's she's finding it out right this moment, but yeah, you're right. When she was getting tugged along, she didn't know for a sec. She thought it was his turn. Conceal that boob, would you? Yeah, gotta cover that boob up. That caused everything. She's like Yentl Hobo. Hobo Yentl. (laughs) Hobo Yentl, that's right. Hobo Yentl. <laughs> I don't think 
if you can, all right, let's come up with a joke and we'll see who can write it down first. Yeah, but I don't know if people would know Yentl today. We certainly do. They might think it's a, right. like uh, that lentil, the vegetarian, you know. This, oh, yeah, Yentl soup. I love that. Oh, yeah, sure. It's really high in protein. What are you talking about? Now, look, they just Robert. lost. She just lost all her money. money. Yeah, and they're they're like, fucking victory. And uh, Well, that's good. That means they're done, right? What I we have now sense. is like a sudden implied partnership that hasn't been sealed yet, you know? Right. Like, she arranged the fight, and, oh, there's somebody else in the train. Why, it's another hobo. This lets us know that it's a hobo world. This oh, is I, all I, hate, man. I know it's a hobo world. Listen, in the 1930s, during Depression era, for about eight years, there was a hobo culture. That went away. That went away. There are no right. traveling hobo gypsies in this world anymore. Not, uh... I make pies, and they put a little marking outside my house, and like pies, and, and like <laughs> a little angel mark to let another, you know, decent person. Right. But, yeah, yeah, it's cool. Good. Yeah, well, I lost a, uh, a bundle on Bindles, you know, that hobo <laughs> fans just went right down. Yeah, what we used to do, we used to take a kerchief and do it into a, like a trifold, and we would hang it on a stick. So oh, yeah. Carry it on our shoulder. Yeah, it looked like a Norman Rockwell painting. So, Carl, when you were young and you were like, that's it, I'm going to run away from home, did you, like, build yourself a bindle? Like, got a handkerchief and put, like, your uh, underwear? That's or, what or prevented like your... me from, yeah, that's what prevented me from actually hitting the road. I spent about three nights trying to figure out how to fold it. We didn't have Google. Oh, you know, you had to either be a hobo or a boy scout. So after, you know, on the fourth day, I was like, fuck it, fuck it. I'll stay here. They, it's dinner time now. I'm not mad as much anymore. I'll just stay. Yeah. Oh, that was the crisis averted. The, yeah, the bindle works in a form. The bindle is great when you're carrying stuff or, or is he playing the, the shoes harp? The jaw harp. The, the jaw harp. Yeah. The, Why do they call it that? The, it's called the juice harp. It sounds racist. Why do they call it that? I don't know, but I've also seen it listed as a jaw harp. Yeah, I think that's probably it. Bang, 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 bang. Snoopy did it that one time. Now, look, I've played that thing. <laughs> you know what? It was really annoying, but you got you to gotta let it go. Give Snoopy, cut Snoopy some slack. You keep bringing it up. Yes, Snoopy played the jaw harp. Yes, well, he did. And then one time I was playing it, and it hit my teeth. The thing vibrates, you see. You pluck it, and it goes on. Oh, yeah. And then you make well, you the from your mouth, opening and closing. Yeah, and it hurt my, I, I never played it again. It hit my teeth, and I was like, ah! You know, how like, if you have a toothache or something, it goes into your brain, you know, like into the skull. Yeah, sure. That's what happened. It's crazy. Hit. Yeah, like, you know when you have an ice, uh, a brain freeze, uh, when you drink something cold, it was worse. Oh, no, it was like, that plus electricity. Yeah, well, yeah, metal thing hits your tooth. Look, it's the audience on my Zoom show. I'm back. I haven't started. I have this new joke about no hobo. <laughs> oh, I guess the room's empty. All right. <laughs> we never did do that Zoom mic, did we? Oh, no. Well, you know. Easter, 
passed over, got in our way. We'll say we'll do it later, and then we just forgot about it. Well, next pandemic, let's do it. Next pandemic? Okay. Perfect. Typhoid Mary. Okay, so they both off the train, right? And like yeah. I said, there was an implied partnership, but it hasn't been sealed, you know? Nobody made anybody any offer. Nobody did any agreement. So they're kind of, he believes, off on their own. But she tags along. Uh, I don't know why yeah. I don't see her yet. He, he bought booze, right? Yeah, he's a drunk. He's a closet drunk. Uh, but it's not in the closet for very long. She just found out. So, you know. This is the scene in which we'll have the deal get struck. And he like, see, in Louisiana, in, in New Orleans, there is somebody called The Man, who happens to be Jesse Ventura. What, and, really? Yeah. And you can... I saw his name in the credit. I did, I did not connect it. it was, that it would be the Jesse, the Jesse Ventura. He's our, I don't know if the word is villain because he's not very villainous but he's our thing to defeat he's our this is really a battle with himself and herself but he represents that they're going to the big fight this is the way the fight goes nobody knows about it there's an arena of his choosing there's no rounds wow. there, it's bare knuckle and yeah. you fight to the death okay what Yes. Wait a minute, now, wait, wait. Bare knuckle? Are you for real? Oh, what yeah. was the last thing? Uh, he, he will give you 10... Nobody's ever beaten him. Everyone he's ever fought has died that night. Right. Jesse he Ventura. Will give you t yes, because he's the man. He will give you 10 times what you put up. If you put up $1,000, you'll win $10,000. This guy is rich, rich, rich. If you put up $100,000, he will pay you a million. So and if he, he if he if he kills you will he kill himself or no wait he what does he win the fact that he killed you and uh, and your hundred grand but he doesn't seem to care about it and we'll talk about it when we get there because I it's not really yeah. a spoiler it ruins the uh, well anyway I'll just tell you when we get there he fights he doesn't really care about the money it's very clear he fights for a low amount of money he just likes killing people. I guess yes. Um, okay, so they've hitched a ride, and what we're seeing now is it's life on the road. And we, Casey's made a promise. She's going to get them to New Orleans, be his, like, they never say manager, but, like, get them fights and stuff so they can get enough money to have a bounty for this, uh, uh, for this thing. So now they're meeting. Hey, folks, how you doing? And we learn, like, we're sister and brother, and he is a prize fighter, and <laughs> so he folks here smell like shit. Are you guys like on the road and jumping out of uh, trains and shit? Yeah. So you were in a scrape last night. Look at Did that. You, uh, yeah, like you get bruised. Man, I'm gonna have to wash my car down with a hose to get the stink off of you fellas. Now this is Canada. It's all filmed in Canada. And I think that they're not, you know, they're trying to be Tennessee or, right. or you know, they're trying to be the South. So you see the gun, you see his cowboy hat, you see he's in a pickup. Oh, that's, that's South to me. Yeah, it's South to Canada. South to Canada. 
Oh, okay, America. South right. of Canada. Yeah, South of what? No, it's yeah, America is south of Canada. Yeah. So here, uh outside of a bar is like a a mobile chapel. It's a priest. Uh, no, right. I mean a reverend or something. And um is this trying to get people not there? to go in. Oh no. yeah. Yeah, uh yes, the service is inside there, yes, on Sundays. Oh, keep on trucking. That's a great idea. Except for COVID. Uh, right? Would you pandemic. like to go around the country and spread the word of the Lord with me? Uh, I could yeah. run a, a Patreon. Okay, so as soon as he, the cowboy find out, finds out that that bird fights for money, he was all of a sudden like, Boy, I'm getting myself mighty parched, mighty thirsty. How about a beer? I'll buy you one. And basically we're going to get a fight arranged. Wow. What oh, what a coincidence that they're they're riding like hooked them up already. Yeah, it must right. be like a it's a movie the underground, underground yeah, underground boxing. That's another yeah. thing like. And the underground boxing will take place inside the bar. Does that sound like it makes sense inside the bar? Well, the police are going to show up, so they're fighting to the deaths, right inside a bar. No, 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 no. Right now, they're not fighting to the death. Not at all. They haven't found the man. No, they're on their way, and they're just oh. doing fights on. Yeah, it's going to be like $50. They're going to bet $50 he can beat him. All right. Well, that, that's okay. I mean, if it's to the death, I would think it would be kind of a mortal bar. Yeah, that is a little far. Isn't that gilding <laughs> the lily to the death? Come on. We knew it was yeah. death. Oh, was it a Tarantino movie? Django Unchained. Yeah. He, he, he likes watching that in, in her parlor. So right. the guy Look, who they, wrote they, they, this, the guy who wrote this yeah. was a bare knuckle boxer in Peru. Um, he was a movie producer. He also made Known for a Fighting Man in 2014 and a dark. He did oh, fight films. Bare Knuckle Boxer in Peru, and he brought that experience to writing this. He's got 24 director credits, 15 actor credits, 46 producer credits. You know, it wasn't easy for him to write this because his knuckles hurt so much. It's hard for him to type. <laughs> so, <laughs> ow. <laughs> bare Knuckle, the world inside the world of Bare Knuckle. Ow, Knuckle, ow. Ow, but, ow. ow. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, the, the writer, the director, the producer, the people who all made this happen, they also made this one called um, Busted Up, and the guy's name was Earl Bird. It's the same name, same character. Uh, oh. That was 1986. When they released this movie uh, to video, um, it was also called – here it is. It was called – in Australia, it was called Busted Up 2, even though it's not really a sequel. The guy's got the same name. And now, he's look, a bare-knuckle fighter. Look, they crashed right through the wall, and now we're going to have the rest of the fight outside in broad right. daylight in the pig. Uh, look at that pig. Oh, look at pig's eye. So they, they fell into hay, which is good. Coincidentally, that's great. They would have hurt otherwise. And then now yeah. they're mud wrestling, which is great, because otherwise it would hurt. Right, because the yeah. mud is softer, and uh, the pig is great production value. We didn't see a oh, horse yeah, when sure. he had the hay. 
Oh, the producers actually. That's the producers. Set with the producer. I porked him. That's right. Yeah. Get up out of the pigsty. That's for pigs. Show some respect to the pig. Now, the guy who directed this only has 18 director credits, but he's got 16 writer credits and 32 producer credits. And he uh, basically they're like sort of ex they're fight films, you know, and exploitation stuff. It's all B-level movies. Uh, they're all gone by wrestling. Now, Casey was in Harry and the Hendersons. Yeah, I never saw it. I never saw it either. It just looked too stupid, stupid, stupid. Yeah, too stupid. Now, every time that guy, um, who, what's the name of the actor who was the star in that? The uh, the guy who did the TV show Third Rock? Sasquatch. Uh, Henry. Oh, no, you're talking about John Lithgow. John Lithgow. <laughs> okay, John Lithgow does two things, two things only. He does a comedy and he does a, a drama. When he's doing a drama, he is the maniacal guy. And when right. he's doing a comedy, he's super stupid and silly. That's all he does. So when Harry and the Hendersons came out, I was like, do I really want to sit through <laughs> John Lithgow? Right. He's not evil this movie. He's not raising Kane, John Lithgow. Right. You know, I think, I think like Third Rock and the Sun just, he stopped being a movie star after that. Like, I'm sure he yeah. made plenty. The, the TV series was great, and he was great on it, and then mm -hmm. made a lot of money off of it, and he did Dexter, of course, and he still shows up. He played, uh, oh, hell, uh, so he's the husband of a night, uh, late night talk show host. Mm -hmm. Oh, wait, I, sh I got to interrupt you. I'm sorry. I okay. need to interrupt yeah, please you. do. Just for the, the show. Yeah. Uh, Minister who's driving them now, he's, you know, his he is a professional boxer. He's retired, and somehow they wanted to get him in this film. Uh, his nickname was Golden Boy. Um, and that's because the statue in Manitoba of the, the like, legislative building, you know, um, in Winnipeg is – is golden so they called him golden boy i don't know i'm sorry to interrupt you i just had to that, that's oh no i was blathering on and on i'm glad you interrupted me did you notice the graffiti in the background that said the underground <laughs> thunderground the underground. no no they said they said the underground yeah uh -huh. right the thunder so maybe it's short like people got tired of saying the underground. no it's thunder like thunder and lightning it's gotta be but it's underground no. They abbreviated it. They were like they just kind of they kind of slimed it together. Like uh, when the French do L apostrophe if there's a vowel. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. What we're seeing now is we're getting Casey's backstory. Like I said, this is Casey's film, even though they're partners, and it's I don't know. It, it's it's as much Bird's film, but she's the our star, and this is where she used to be a hobo with her dad. Okay. So it's like, yeah, it's my old friend, Hobo. How you doing, Hobo? Well, who do we have here? <clears throat> um, He's Bill Ticket. I'm Bill Ticket. So in the backstory, we're going to learn that um, her father died. And they were good friends. The you know This is where they like lived, even though Hobos are supposed to be traveling. I don't know. Uh, So this is still the 1930s, right? 
No, this is not. It's it's eighty. Uh, uh, it's eighty nine. I mean, they don't look how modern everything is, and it's got the blues. Me, I don't know. This is not the thirties. Nobody's in a period piece thing. Yeah, I guess you're right. So how it's, come they're not like in the eighties? They were suddenly called homeless, right? I mean, like it, look, it's, it's this is mythical. This is mythical. It's a movie world in which there's a hobo community and culture, and it's just not a true thing. I mean, we just don't have economic disparity that has so many people on the road. These guys who get a job at McDonald's, you know, there's, it is not, uh, that sounds very insulting to McDonald's workers. I don't mean that. What I mean is they could absolutely have a nine to five minimum wage. Absolutely. Right. It's available to them. Um, I just want to say this actor, like he's really a B-level actor. He started in 78. He was on Bionic Woman. Just one episode, you know, all of all the time, one episode. <laughs> the Rockford Files, Black Sheep Squadron, Six Million Dollar Man, The Incredible Hulk. And then he was on Hardy Boys and Nancy Drew Mysteries for two episodes. Oh, no, it was, it was a crossover that they just aired twice. Probably. But he was on Battlestar Galactica for three episodes. Wow. Then it's back to one episode. Buck Rogers, Fantasy Island, ER. Oh, Get a Life. He was on Get ER. a Life. Yeah. We love he's Get a character. Life. I do. Uh, yeah, I guess I do. Yeah. I, I don't think he's a character actor, no. Because he is you know, the handsome, star-quality-looking guy, you know. He's, he, what's his character? Really? Well, character actors are, uh, they play a role. It could be a quirky thing. It could be, uh, I'm... Right, yeah, they got like a... The, yeah. Okay, so the cops show up and bust the party. So what does Casey do? She steals a cop car. Look how they're beating the shit out of people. Oh. It's nonsensical, this movie. If there was a homeless place, you don't come in and start beating them, right? Maybe. I don't know. I, 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 this is Louisiana, Canada. I have no idea. This movie's in Tennessee. Oh. It was shot in Canada. Yes, it was. And it was only shot in one month. But I'm saying the story of the movie has Tennessee cops showing up and being like, Oh my God, you're, oh, you're homeless? Bam, bam, beat him up. Arrest that man. Well, you know, Reagan should have said something earlier in his uh, administration, and maybe by 89, it wouldn't have been an issue. Right. He should have said something. So who do you think the most famous homeless person in the 80s movies is? Do you think it's the guy from Back to the Future except on the park bench? Buck Flower. He's, uh, he's pretty representative. What about, uh, I'm going to go to hell for this conversation. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so they've stolen a police truck. So now what they essentially do is abandon it and make their way into the woods in a way the cops can't find them, like through the muck and mire. They, the cops just won't go in. It's not worth their time. They got their truck back. Yeah. Now, here's a ridiculous yeah, thing they... in the movie. The cop fires a shot. 
I mean, why? Who are these stormtroopers, right? These fascists right, yeah, are yeah, beating it on homeless people, and they're going to shoot. You're trying to escape. Is this the Empire? It's just a warning shot that might actually, you know, fatally hit you. Yeah, it's illegal. You, as a police officer, you are not allowed to fire a warning shot. Did you know that? No, but I'm writing this down for my my act. <laughs> when you sh when you fire a bullet, it will not stop traveling until something stops it. Like when people right. shoot their guns straight up in the air, that bullet's coming down. It's going to make a big old arc, right? So it's going to hit the sun. Oh, yeah, I guess you're right. It has to go down. It cannot hit the sun. Yeah, yeah. It will go in an arc, and it will land. Who knows? It could be an abandoned field. It could be, you know, it could be anywhere. Now, what trips me up are laser beams, <laughs> right? Like, if you were in Star Wars and you, you see the laser beam, like you're a stormtrooper and you yeah. see, like, this guy wearing uh, leotards running around with his sister, mm -hmm. you would shoot the laser beam, right? And mm -hmm. you go, pew. But when does it stop pewing? Like, does it cut through the Death Star and go into outer space? Yeah, that's a good question because we see it not. We see it like it's an impact, right? It hits yeah. something. Even when it hits something, it just kind of gives like a, a dusty explosion off. Right. Like it just chipped your shoulder or something. It doesn't like slice right through you. Well, the laser is actually a very bad uh, weapon because it misses Luke Skywalker all the time. Oh, man. Have you ever seen the Star Wars movies where they're in the battlefield and like it's a prequel or the yep. soul and they're like they're talking and there's like fire laser beams shooting around their head. Right. And they, I'm talking to a holograph. The clothes and the droids are fighting again. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. The um, uh, uh, the Jedi, right, in that like, scene you're talking about, every time they fire, they hit something and something dies. Every time, the droid uh -huh. blows up. Uh, but they always... Okay, so what happened is they spent the night... Because, and they were arguing and bickering. You've got us out in the wild. So she swam. We learned that uh, he can't swim. She swam, and he saw her naked, kind of, to right. a farmer's. Now, she's waking up in the morning, and she's got, like, stolen clothes, took apples off a tree. She, like, pilfered the place, and he's, uh, like, gruff about it. She stole a boat. <laughs> My God. This is all 89. Now we see that she's a girl, like, I don't know. They could have, I don't know. So anyway, they take the stolen boat, which he just objected to. Um, right. They're going to go down river, and our adventure will continue. This is really a dead part of the film. Do they have, like, a, a romantic song about raindrops falling on her head? or <laughs> No. There, <laughs> there is no romance between them at this time. Nothing worry about me. It's all talk like, don't worry, when we get to the see the man in Louisiana, you're going to be riding high. Let's, let's put it on for a second. All right. Yeah, he's talking about the the man right now. Word is. So he must have adjusted the body, right? It was before any politics. Uh, it was long before politics, yeah. 
He, he was the announcer. He was color commentary on wrestling in the 80s, as well as a wrestler. Yes, absolutely he was. So, um, let's see. Predator was 1987. That yeah, was I was going to say Predator. That's a big one. The Running Man was also a big deal, also with Schwarzenegger. But that was 89? That was 87. Wow. So... He did No Holds Barred this year, too, a Hulk Hogan film. Right, sure. So it I looked know, like sure. his uh, career was going to start going down, but no. He was in Ricochet in 91, Demolition Man in 93, Major League Two in 94, wow. Batman and Robin in 97. Oh, who could forget that role? <laughs> then it starts to go down, you know. Well, no, but he, had, he got elected governor, so... He was, he was in politics, but he also he was doing like radio shows. No, you're 100% right. He he does Joe Somebody in 2001, The Joe Master somebody. of Disguise with Dana Carvey in 2002. Next thing you know, he's 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 the governor between 99 and 2003. So I guess those films just came out then. Right. Maybe they have like, we need to slide by Minnesota. Hello, Governor Ventura here to welcome you to the great state of Minnesota. Now, Ventura's from Minnesota, and this film opened September 1, 1989 in Minnesota. Oh. So, was this, so you're saying this was a direct-to-video movie, basically? No, it did have a theatrical release, but then, yes, it went... Okay, so let's see. Uh, Thunderground... Yeah, it would... It had an Australia video release and a USA video release. The video was released as Boxcar Blues. I don't know how much it was in the theaters, but it was in more than one theater. It wasn't direct to. Sure. Okay, so she wakes up and finds that he's drunk as a skunk in the bar. Right. And she's doing stuff like, you got to stop drinking the sauce if you're going to fight the man. And he's like, get out of here. It's like a it's a ugly, ugly little scene. Oh, that's in Barfly have I seen such dramatic. Oh, he's reading a comic book too? That's classic. Barfly, wow. Mickey Rourke. Yeah, they don't know. Interesting. Barfly. He's reading a he's reading a comic book in, on the bar. So it's not it's not a library. <laughs> you gotta have to buy that comic book. They had they had uh Dishes of peanuts, dishes of pretzels, to New York Times and a comic book. Yeah, that's not bad for happy hour. You can okay. spend like, yeah. We meet this kid for no reason. He's got nothing to do with anything. He's bashful around a pretty girl. He's pointless character. He's somebody's son. <laughs> Here's your coffee, Miss Harry and the Hendersons. <laughs> oh no this is like an important role this is like the spiritual like random person on the road droopy droopy face oh. no he's a local boy who's out fishing he's talking about fishing yeah but when you're on a road trip movie yeah. it's gotta be one like naive waif who comes in and like you know at the end of night and a half he gives you bread and sunglasses you swap your sunglasses for it <laughs> and gives you your coffee so, okay, he's got the money to pay. He's drinking away all their money. But then in the next scene, 
he's getting kicked out of the bar and thrown into the water for absolutely no reason. Because he's an a-hole. Well, he's counting right now, right there. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Four times watching this movie, and I miss that every time. You didn't notice that guy? I thought he was a boxer. He has to, the bartender has to be a boxer, too, right? You know, yeah, I absolutely was thinking about that, a wrestler or a boxer, because his look and feel screams that. But I could not find that on the Internet. Who was the bartender? And let's see here. I think I got some. The, the internet That's was very bad. quiet about this film. It, this film sucked, and everybody just they didn't get <laughs> any mind. Seriously. That was, yeah. Uh, that was also, there's this famous actor, Michael Ironside. Do you know him? Yeah, sure. Of course. I think that's one of the reasons why I got I this movie. Was yeah, that, that's a scam. I don't know where he is in this whole entire film. Now, he probably was there, but... They made it like because he came. Yeah. Michael Ironside has three looks. Like right now, he he's in movies and he has a very old, like old man look, right? You know, he's a genuine old man. Well, what was he in? Who is this guy? Uh, I was in like a Robocop or like you know, he's a mean like he's okay. meaner than Brian Dennehy's. Now I know him. Now I know uh, who you're talking about. I saw him recently in Turbo Kid, which is kind of a parody of eighties movies where they play it straight over a post apocalyptic movie. And he you know, he kinda of looks like a mess, but he plays his role, you know. Right. He uh he, he, he recognized him. Like you remember the T V show Hunter and like Hunter was like a badass. Yeah, I do know who you're talking about now and he's kind of like a hunter type of guy. Like he looks like a badass. Help me find him in this film. Uh, All right. Is he just a man? It just, it's not clear. Okay. Basically, Casey's going to scam and get a car now. This is like in uh, Something Wild. Well, they actually pay in cash for the car. Something Wild was... It was Monty Griffith and... uh, I was thinking of Michelle Pfeiffer and... and, uh, uh, oh, Jeff Goldblum. Oh, yeah. And Jeff Goldblum in this forgettable film that you told me to put in my Netflix queue. Listen, be a little cautious with my Netflix queue, okay? I, <laughs> right. I, did I see this movie? You go, yeah, yeah, I see, yeah, I see. Right. Yeah. Right. I sit down and I spend an hour 30 of my life. <laughs> be a little more discriminating. Okay, so Casey's saying, can you believe it? It's the first time I ever drive. My daddy's going to get me a car for my birthday. And she goes, I never drove before, and I never did you know what before. So he's like, why not kill two birds with stone? I test drive it, and you can test drive me. But you got to get naked first. This is Casey's scam. All right. She goes, throw your pants in the back there. I wouldn't want my daddy to see that I'm all dirty. I was right. It says, I write this as clean on the car. She said, turn around. I'm bashful. And then she takes off. What's that noise? Let me take my clothes off. That's the the rev of my electric brazier. 
Well, how far off am I? Hey, I'm back here with my pants, not even the car. Suck in Canada. Look at you. Go, 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 go. Golf, golf, golf. This was filmed in one month. They were in and out. Well, because he drank the budget away, so they had to get it done. <laughs> like Dennis Hopper? Yeah, right. Just go. You he drunk because you've been drinking. Can you, you see that? <laughs> yeah, so when we saw the movie King of the Mountain, there was scenes, you were saying that the scenes where he was driving, driving, he was drunk off his ass. Yeah, it's legit. Now, this is fake. He's probably not drunk, but Hopper certainly was. But the thing is, I just find it funny that Casey slid over and said, you've been drinking, you drive. I mean, he didn't look at him dry, drinking and driving right now. I love the 80s, man. Right. And they cleaned the car off, at least. They, they, they drove, they drove, and they drove to a point where they stopped. And then they, now, they when they put the, when the, she just threw it out the window. And yeah, he I know. He doesn't get mad. When they mark the cars in a used car lot, it's soap. They're basically using a bar of zest soap or something. So, so you can wipe it down. Yeah, you can use the the cars. Uh, it doesn't permanently stain the window shield. So <laughs> not at all. Not yeah. at all. Huh. Well, I don't know why I thought that, but yeah. All right, that makes sense. You wouldn't want to permanently damage the windshield. That would be a good NASCAR. Uh, look, she just got his wallet. I, f I didn't see that for watching this. This is the fourth time I've seen this fourth film. Look, seen this movie. Yeah, and she's got... I saw the money, but I didn't see that she stole it from the wallet. I'm stupid. Anyway, this movie is pointless at this point. They will now try to get gas. The place will be closed. It'll be morning. It's... It, there's no... This film was poorly written. I don't we know. want to get to the man. We want to get to the final act. Man. Not necessarily. It needs to be a long journey to get to the man. But the thing is, they're not doing anything that makes them learn anything about their character, which makes them bond together. They're not doing anything that gets them to their goal. It's just like we're driving to Louisiana, and it's, you know, it's like as far as California. It's miles away. It's... Okay. So they pull in to get gas, but the gas station is closed. So he's like, I'm grumpy. And he like goes into the, I don't know, bar cafe and falls asleep. It's stupid. It's There's no point. All right. Let me see if I can find something interesting to tell you about this movie. No, no it's all right. Are we going to make it to the end of this movie, Carl? Yes, because it's going to pick up. When they get to, you know, when they get to Louisiana, we're going to start seeing Emmett Walsh. We're going to start seeing some fights in which there's, you know, when you're watching okay. a fight, something's going on. It's, we're still like 20 minutes into this movie. Um, where are we? Uh, we are 48 minutes in. It's an hour and a half. Okay. So right. we're surviving. We are surviving here. Oh, thank God. Yeah. Okay. This was produced by Sharpo Glickenhaus Entertainment. And apparently, there's like, I don't know, they were called sleaze action specialists, but basically they did B-movie fight movies. And in the 80s, it was cheap to work in Canada. So this was one of their films that was there. And in Canada, there was Damien Lee and Ted Schmidt, who were Canadian exploitation producers, claims the... They did another Jesse, Jesse movie called Kickbox... Um, called Aaron Ventura in Aberrant. Aaron Ventura. Ask, I don't know. Ab 
Aaron. I can't read it. But anyway, the point is they were – this was more of the same for them. In this scene, we will learn. You remember we learned he couldn't swim? Now we'll learn he can't read. Does that make any sense? Wait. Reading. It's not a library. I can't read. Oh, all right. Do you have a comic book? <laughs> so we find out that – he can't read. Now, how is that possible, right? This universe in which there's a hobo culture and cops right. are fascists and, I mean, you know what I mean, like cops are stormtroopers and uh, he can't read? Did He didn't go to elementary school? How was he a prize fighter? He couldn't read a contract. Well, he can't read. Oh, yeah, it's just one of those things. I have blonde hair. You're a brunette. You can't read. You're tall. Come on, man. How could you grow up in the United States of America and not learn to read? If you're not a – if you're a middle class – look at him. Right. Here you go. I think this is a $5 bill. The, this principal yeah, reads calf instead of gaff. It looks like – this is a cast station. Right. Let's go to the cat station. What are you so talking now, about? <laughs> so now the director tries to have us have something endearing. She's bought him a present and it's a book. And she'll teach you how and she'll she'll teach him how to read. And what's neat is that the book is um Huckleberry. Is it Mark Twain? Yes, which is the one? Is it? You can say Huckleberry Hound <laughs> by Mark Twain. Yeah, that's the one where Huckleberry <laughs> Finn and uh, Tom Sawyer. Which was the one where he goes away with an escaped slave, and they are in the raft down the Mississippi? Is it? What I think it's Tom Sawyer, right? No, I think Tom Sawyer was the friend in this town. I think it's the Adventures of Huckleberry Finn, and I think that the writer is trying to say they're just like they're on the road, yeah, like the yeah, it's stupid. Oh, I Why got an ad. Me too. You? I got an ad too. Okay, so maybe people at home do. Your video is now. Okay, I'm restarting. No wait, I have another ad. I have sometimes I need to mix it up. Shit. We'll have to leave it. I'm back. I'm back. All right. So, I'm at uh, fifty-one. Okay. Uh, we're You're still driving down the highway, right? Yes, right, yeah, yeah. They're moving right along. And in search of good times and bad. Together and we'll nab it. How come the Muppets do a better job at this? The what? Muppets do a better job at this. Oh, uh, yeah. We'll hitchhike bus and yellow Cabot. Cabot? We're moving right along. There we go. Fancy free. Ah, the bridges of Madison County. They must be in Madison County. Oh, because of the bridges? Mm -hmm. There's Todd Bridges and there's. Uh, there's Bow Bridges. There's Bridges. There's Bow Bridges. There's, there's Jeff Bridges. Do you see Jake's Lounge? Oh, hi. Is that where? Oh, yeah, I see Jake's Lounge right now. All right, I'm a little ahead of you, aren't I? Yeah, it's all right. Look, tell me when you see him pissing. Uh, he's getting out of the car. Okay, I yeah. think he's pissing. I'm, I'm like three seconds ahead of you. 
Okay, I'll. Uh, Why did you say pause and then, just, then, then unpause? I'll commentate on lag. All right. Okay, we've now so right been now in Louisiana, and at least now our movie will like sort of begin again. Look, oh, we like each God. other now. Yeah, she doesn't have to pretend to be a guy because there's, there's no hope. Now, as you know, Louisiana is in the Gulf, and Louisiana also has the Mississippi, which flows there. So, what beach were they at? It's right? a lot of water. Was that where is it the Mississippi? I guess so. Or is it? Well, we should call and get some some po boys. I was ready to call that number. <laughs> get a po boy. Po boy yeah. sandwich. Well, I, I should have written that down. That was the national number. Well, it's on YouTube. You can. Uh... Yeah, we're, we're uh... okay. Let's see how much gas costs. Fourteen cents. Yeah, and they bought a dollar sixty-four. Dollar sixty-four worth of gas. They're on the road again. Crazy. Here we are. Yeah. You see Louisiana? Tell me when. Uh, yep, there we are. Yeah. Good old New Orleans. New Orleans. Yeah. Girl's Trip. I saw Girl's Trip. I know where I'm at. Now, this is not uh, Mardi Gras. You can see it's just a regular day. Yeah. And there it's is no Girls Gone Wild happening. No, it's just drinking in the street. Nothing to see here. Those are real people. It's not extras. Really? Yeah. I haven't figured with their budget they would be able to afford. Look how terrace the buildings are. I mean, the French, it really was a French city. Yeah. Just one, just twenty five percent of it is the French Quarter. I, yeah, that might be true, but the entire city has the look and feel. I don't know. Oh. I've roamed the city, and I've been in those uh, graveyards, and I've been all around there, and the whole place is architect. It's true what you're saying about the French Quarter, but I don't know. I don't know what to tell oh, you. I, I was making a joke. I was saying twenty five. Uh huh. They had the French. It's not the French Quarter. It's the Frank. It's uh, Emmett Walsh. May I have your autograph? I loved you and everything else. You were great in The Jerk. You were great in every movie but this one. I loved you in Blade Runner and Ordinary People. He, so he's in my favorite Christmas movie, Christmas with the Cranks. Mm. He's, and he's super old in that one. He went like from like old to like super old. Yeah, yeah. When you don't uh, take care of yourself earlier, then when well, later comes, it accelerates. Well, he he looks he's you know he's he's looks young in this, but he always plays a guy who's older. But yeah, he, he can't be like more than what in his forties right now. Nineteen eighty nine. maybe. But the 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 I I'm one to talk. The stomach and the double chin really don't do him good service when he gets older. You know what I mean? Like yeah. If you start bad, you end horrific. But I mean, but if you're a character actor who played old, and then you play yeah. old for the next thirty years, yeah, you're really going to get old. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so this Emmett is this the way to the man. Okay, he's the only person in Louisiana who actually can contact the man. All right. All right. So a lot of sleazy stuff is going on here. First of all, he's really creeping on her, okay? 
He's like, "Ha, you're all alone, little girl. It's sick. Let me put it up. Let me put it." Up. See that? Yeah. Wedge. Wedge. Isn't he just uh, gross sounding? Yeah, he's got that that, that uh, voice. Beer, soda pop. What can I get for you, darling? Well, he sounds, that's actually nice. He sounds kind of nice. Oh, yeah, he's nice. Okay. Yeah, that's nice. <laughs> he's just going to get a beer, soda pop. That's how I figured. She just, she just wants to fight. Well, she's saying, you know, he's like, well, how much money do you have to stake? And she's like, nothing. And he's like, well, how do you expect to fight the man if you have nothing? Of course, you got to have a stake. So she, he can arrange some fights, okay? And Bird can make money from the fights and get enough to have a bounty to go against the man. Do you see the logic here? No, I know, because how many fights can, how many, I mean. You're right, Michael, I was wrong. He's a really <laughs> nice guy. Look how friendly he's being. Oh, he's being very friendly. Didn't see that coming. Whoa, that indicates trouble, Bird. You better get up there. Right. Uh, off he goes. That's his cue. When he grabbed her boobs in the original cut, um, he squeezed twice, and the director added, honk, honk. <laughs> That's they took that cut? out. Yeah. They took that out in the theatrical release. Right. Well, unfortunately, that was a verse in the Academy watch. That's the reason why he never got oh. recognized. And he's out of here. Look, this... This is all authentic Louisiana. It's no Canada for this whole segment. The fights in Canada, the, uh, you know, other stuff's in Canada, but this is all in New Orleans. The warehouses are all, like, real Louisiana. Uh, so we're in Canada right now. It's interior. Uh, no, we're probably not in Canada right now. Come on in, Evan. Yeah, where's the guy who's gonna beat me up? He's in his underwear, and he lets her in. Yeah, well, good for him. This is my house. Oh, this movie sucks. I like Emmett though. He seems like a late addition. I mean, it's just like he shows up towards the end. Yeah, he's just um, he's a. He's a a subplot, you know, and he's basically just a way to the man. And it was, I don't know, we got to be still in Act 2, but approaching Act 3. And so I guess he's a B character that supports the plot less than the characters. I don't know. Right. Well, because they, they just showed up to New Orleans. There's been this word that there's this underground in New Orleans. So they get there, they find this one guy who knows a connection, but this... No one else knows anything about this, right? It's until they get to the fights, and then there'll be hundreds of people surrounding them. You know what I mean? Like, it's always in the underground. There's people there, but it's never brought up. Like, well, the f I know exactly what you're talking about, but that's not how this is going to play out. There's nobody okay. around. The man just fights. You say you want to fight me? It's it's a private fight. It is in an arena, but but there's no audience. There's people, no like, audience. People don't pay for kicks. 
Nope, there's no betting. It's just between you and the man. I lost all sense of humanity. My money has made me known. That's why I'm betting on to the death fighting. <laughs> you can't bet on it because you can't find it. Uh, I got you. That's weird. So I found the name of that film. Um, it's called Abaraxis, Guardian of the Universe. And it's a cult film, the internet claims. Yeah, it is. Yeah. What and, a great title. Right. Um, Abaraxis, Guardian of the Universe. So, let's see. Lee and Michael. Yeah, I already told you. Yeah, it's the same producers who... They knew Jesse Ventura. He was available. He wanted to make money in films. So, okay. Here's the first fight they're arranging, and they're bringing down their lead, their uh, hero, Mojo. And once again, the fight will occur indoors, which just doesn't make sense in a real world. What a great introduction. Mojo. April. Thank muscle. you. I want to thank my clown. I want to thank my uh, fire uh, breather. I want to thank Skeletor. Yeah. Thank you, whatever Phoenix. How do you say so his people, name? Joaquim? So wait a minute. So she's going to make money by him. He, there's readily available gambling going on. on the yeah, right. right. And she's going to make money off of this. But they would just so they could get to the man and make money off a bet off the man. Right. No, no side bets. No, with no side even bets. Though, even though that's her hustle to the point where she just steals the side bets. Right. The thing is, she gets him all the way to the man, and that's how we're set up that it's going to be, you know, she will make money from it. But basically, he gets the prize. Now, look, she's putting Vaseline on the face. I don't know why. When you get hit, it slides. I don't know. Yeah, he should put it on his chest. What kind of world is this in which we have gladiators indoors? You know, don't think you, this is legal what they're doing right now? Well, are you sure it's indoors? Like, it's not like a, uh, Take a look. Or Take well, a you, look. Got a, you got a fire juggler. Look, there's fire inside the house. Okay, so you're saying they're in the backyard? Yeah, like it's an outdoor patio. Uh, that makes so much more sense. There's trees. All right, so full disclosure. The first time I watched this film, I was like, you know, whatever. It was in the background. The second time I was on my hike, and I did watch the whole thing. The <laughs> third time, I, I I did watch it, but I, really like, there was a little fast-forwarding. I was trying yeah. to get my notes okay. together. Hey, man, I, it's not a good movie. Again, it's not a good movie, Carl. It's not a good movie. <laughs> uh, plus, you know, I've seen myself with my shirt off. I don't need to watch it on screen. Right, right. Yeah, like we don't all have abs. Ooh, what a brag. I have the old muscle, the barrel chest. Now, there's this unrealistic chanting that the director put in. Let me play. Okay, it's not right now. We're having the dumb music but they're all going mo joe mo joe and when i was on my hike i realized if you think that a person's named joe and you would say go go joe if you just think that in your head you can hear that in the chanting and then you could switch oh. back and forth 
You say, no, they're saying Mojo. And then you would hear Mojo. You say, no, they're saying Gojo. And you would hear Gojo. It was, I might have been a little high. Oh, on your hike watching this movie? I was on my hike and, you know, it's time to be alone like you in the park. Yeah, right. I do it all the time. Sorry, Carl. The mother's That's the, the deal. Sorry. Is... I'm sorry. I know we were supposed to do this at a certain time. I was in the park. I apologize. Oh, that? I'm not bringing that up. I don't mean it was like you in the park tonight. I mean, it's like when you go to the park. You know, I go on my hike. You go on your yeah. park. This is what I mean. So now the deal wasn't that he was supposed to win and get a bounty. The deal was he was supposed to lose so that they could make money off the betting. They both bet against him, you see. But, but he's, he's just, he can't. He won't go down. See, this is why we should have a five minutes in the beginning with his backstory. And this is what he did in the ring. They were like, you're going down, bird. And he goes, okay, I'm going down. And, you know, but then he doesn't. And the mobster loses like 20 grand. You know what I mean? And then they're after him and he hits the road with no money. You know, it's, they should have set it up. So what's he doing? Like, she, does she bet against him again and he's going to win? Uh, no. Emmett Walsh is a sleazy guy. So what he does is, see, you go up there and lose, see? And then he, they, they put their money on Mojo. So they'll make a lot of money when Bird loses. But he's not going down. There we go. Down. Nope. Up. <laughs> Mojo! Go, Joe. Let's see if they're chanting. Yeah. You hear the mojo. Mo. Go, Joe. Go, Joe. Go. <laughs> mojo. Mojo. Yeah, he's having the count. Go, Joe. Go, Joe. High five. Look at this. Five. You thought this was all indoors? The trees and shit like that? Yes. Yes, I did. The concrete floor. Yeah, I can see that, but I see like parking lot or like you know how apartments have like a they share a space in the middle of the block. Mm-hmm. Like the back of the the back of the houses. Yep. Now, if everyone thinks you Mo Mojo is the favorite to win, right? Who would bet against Mojo? Why does is it that Emmett stands to win a lot of money? He doesn't, right? When you make the guy take a dive, it's the guy who's going to win. And everyone puts their money on him except for you because you have the fix. So it doesn't make sense. Right. Yeah. Like the rest of this movie. Yeah. Okay. Now, in a, he is totally down for the count, which, again, the writers missed a mark here. I mean, if he had not gone down, he would have been in trouble with Emmett. I don't know. I don't know. I, I would have written this film differently. Because <laughs> I, I'm so. So now he's gonna say you lost this match, so you'll be perfect for the man. Well, okay, we were set up to believe that Emmett would now lead him through a group of fights, you know, five fights, six fights, in which he would get enough money to have a bounty against the man. Right? That was he's supposed to make a thousand dollars tonight. So he just woke up, and now he's ranting, I'm not done. Come back here, you. 
it's 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 bad acting and it's bad writing. <laughs> oh, this is my first comedy show after the pandemic ends. Where are you going, outdoor crowd? Come back. <laughs> it must have been COVID. Get back here. Okay. So now yeah. Emmett is supposed to deliver the thousand dollars, but he only delivers one hundred dollars. Oh, so he's there. Why? Because robbing he's them. He's 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 you know. He said there were expenses. Girl pulls out a gun on her. You're gonna wow. take the hundred dollars. See. That's not going to help. He can't barely get any help over his $100. Okay, so now Emmett has arranged a meeting with the man. But do you see how it doesn't make sense? We got set up to understand they're going to raise money to have a big bounty. Now they have no money, and for some reason, they still get to meet the man with no money. They have $100. Well, that's the thing. Like, So 10 times is what, like $1,000? They'll yeah, get Why would the man... He just wants to kill this guy. That's what we discover later when he goes through with it. But we've been set up to believe that you need to raise a stake. You need to get 10 grand together. You need to get 40 grand together. Right. Or he won't get... There he is, Jesse Ventura. Ventura. Yeah. Here, I'll put him on. All right. Uh, Carl, it's me, Jesse Ventura. Late 80s, I'm acting. You're right. That's what he's doing. Wow, look, he could sit there. Okay. They do that thing where, like, you know how, like, when you're introduced to the villain, they sometimes they don't show the guy's face. They show, like, right. the back of him. Or, or or they show it as, like, shadowy. They're yeah. kind of playing that up. Like, you know, this guy is so important that he's, like, perfectly in the middle of a hell-like area. Okay, so the area, they went to a graveyard, you see, and it, in Louis, in New Orleans, they have all those, I don't know what the word is, houses. Uh, you can Mausoleum. go. Mausoleum, I guess. So he's sitting on a coffin right now of a dead person in one of those houses. You see all those candles burning? It's just what yeah, you're talking yeah, yeah. about. And like, oh God, what was that horrible Mickey Work movie where he had Devil, Oh, right, right. Okay, now we have yeah. our inappropriate scene for the film. Now, what's going on here is she's saying, you know, like, being alone on the road sucks, nobody loves you, I'm, you've got the right idea, just kill yourself, and she starts drinking. She never has really drank before, and she's like, ugh, how can you stand this stuff and he's like practice but it's inappropriate for this stage in the film this is something they should have happened when they were on the road together you know scraping to buy a living now they've arrived at their destination and they're going to fight the man so now's not the time to have this why am i doing this life come apart do you follow me yeah but you know i mean they only have a hundred dollars they're not going to make that much money yeah, well, I mean, they'll make the nine. They'll, they'll make ten grand from. I mean, they'll make nine. Wait, wait, wait. Wait, it'll be a thousand, right? 
Yeah, no, but he, I think I might be wrong. He might have said a hundred times because he's going to pay. The stake will become 10,000. They end up having $98, okay? So the stake becomes $9,800. So whatever that math is, that's what the man will pay you. Gotcha. Boy, am I. We're assuming he's going to win. I'm so glad that school is over. We are assuming, yeah, we're assuming that. uh, Bird's going to win. It's a movie. So now he's but like... But it'd be great if like, the man just pummels him. Yeah, and he dies? That would be such an anti-climax. Yeah. That's ha- what happens in French and experimental film. So right now, he's like... She's talking herself down. Who would want me and stuff? And so he's talking her up. Like... You're a beautiful young woman, you know, and it's getting kind of lovey-lovey. It's inappropriate. Now, what do you think he is? In his mid-30s, maybe late? Oh, I see. Yeah. He's 18, right? So that's 20 years, 15 to 20 years younger, which is maybe okay when when you're both old people, but... They're not. She's 18. You know, I don't know. I don't like it. Gotcha. Now, here's... Yeah, let's fast forward during this. We can't. It'll mess everybody up at home. You can just close your eyes. But this is as far as it gets. It's only inappropriate to a kiss, okay? They don't do it or anything. Right. Now, here's the... To be fair, she gave her... To be fair, what? He did offer a boost beforehand. Yeah, that's right. I think that's grooming. The booze falls over, and he's pissed about that because he loves to drink, and he realizes what he's doing kissing this girl is wrong. And then she's like, what is it, bird? Is it me? And he goes, um... I don't know. It's basically he just he realizes it. You know he can't. He can't. He can't. So he doesn't. Yeah. Hooray! This is this young woman has just wants him to to fight. That's all. He would go on to be in one episode of Superboy and one episode of Swamp Thing. What episode of Swamp Thing? Uh, uh, I didn't copy That's like it. the TV show. Yeah, 1991 Swamp Thing TV series, one episode. I didn't copy down what the name was, what his, what he played. I thought it would only be interesting that he was only in one episode. Oh, no, it's funny. I found one statement on one website and nowhere else where it says, that this guy, Paul Kofus, who, Bird, frequently works with filmmakers Damon Lee, that's this one, and Jim Wynarski. Yeah. Now, Jim Wynarski, as you know, he's Munchie Strikes Back director. He's Munchie's, Munchie's oh, wow. author. Oh, like wow. Yeah. Yeah. This is just Munchie's world we live in. Yes. That's your show, I guess. B-level yeah, right. movies always show up. They always come back. Okay. Oh, look at Survivor. And they're at the fight. 
This is the secret location. Maybe we're going to find Michael Ironside now. Let's look for him. Is Michael Buffer going to be here? Michael, I don't know. There's Jesse Ventura. And who's Let's Did you see Michael Ironside in the whole film? No, not yet. He might have been a hobo. We're at the end. She's like $92.98. Let's see. That is not. You know, Michael Buffer. Let's get ready to rumble. Right. There's the money. Deal. No deal. Deal. No deal. Okay, deal. 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 Yeah. $9,172 is what they will make off of their $91.72. No spectators. My God. That is not Ironside. What am I thinking? No, that's like Ironside's accountant. That's Ironside, the, the detective in a wheelchair. Right. Right, wasn't that the theme song? I don't remember. I remember watching Ironside and liking his character. He was a tough guy. Well, you would be rolling around town like a Raymond Burr. Right. That was the DC Boys lyric. Oh, was it? That's cool. Yeah. Bless All right, you. here we go. Chapstick. No, thank you. Take your hand. That was uh, Ben Benjamin here at the studio. Listen, I got to tell you, there was supposed to be bare knuckles, fight to the death, no rounds, no referee. So why are they putting on tape? Well, you know. I don't. Yeah, protect those knuckles. The tape is so the knuckle, right, exactly. So. Now, Look how fuzzy he is. I think it's good of Jesse that he allows himself to be beaten in the movie. And he's bald and he just owns it. Oh, yeah, but he also has a physique of, like, you know, older school fighter. Mm-hmm, yeah. But that's to say he's not, like, absculpted. He's got a pee. I really got a pee. If this guy was really the man, do you think that he would be an equal in a fight against Bird? I mean, look at him. He's getting his ass kicked. You know what I mean? He would be Bruce Lee. Right now, Bird's getting his ass kicked. Yes, you're right, but I'm saying they're equally matched. They each had a turn. You know what I mean? Like, right. why is Jesse missing? You know, it just seems well, like he would be the Bruce Lee of boxing. It would we, be we really have eight more minutes. We have eight more minutes to wrap this up. So he's got a he's got a slip. <laughs> it would be great if he won. Who ever heard of an island where you are like? A, uh, arena to that. That's so ridiculous. Right, and does that look like an arena? It's a sand, right? It's a circle. I know. If sand. I'm gonna die, I want a real arena. Right. Don't. Didn't you? I expect... would even play Pokemon. Th- throughout the thing, they're talking about an arena. I would expect empty bleachers, empty seats. Yeah. This is not how I wanted to die. By the way, the music it's they're the playing for this is completely inappropriate for. The fight scene. It's like mysterious music. Let me put it up. 
So it's got that blues twang. Well, right, it all comes out to this, the man versus Gaspany Down. But it should be fight you music. like the man's just kicking it. You the man. This should be montage. Yeah, that's right. Getting ready. Like, this is the ultimate. Look, he's got well, a. This is the whole point of the movie is this fight. Look, he's got a. He, oh, has, no, he hit him with. Cheats. What? The man is cheating. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's it's it, there's it, there's no rules apparently, but now look, so he gets a rock and hits him on the head with the rock. So now we've got makeshift weapons. Oh, look at all that right. ketchup. Oh, that's a mess. Oh, that's a lot. That's Canadian ketchup. Canadian ketchup is mayonnaise. <laughs> right. Oh, good point. Canadian blood is white as they are. Well, for French fries, they would never put it in ketchup. <laughs> so Jesse Ventura pleads with Bird to finish it, like to kill him. Yeah. Bird comes out and he says, sorry, no big payday. He didn't have the heart to kill another man. Oh, so what? This must be a metaphor. Maybe he went on a spiritual journey, but there's no money out of this, right? Yeah, the thing is, if he went on a spiritual journey, that's good, but we never saw that journey. Why didn't he kill the guy? Right. Just because he's a nice guy? And she's like, oh, money's all a headache anyway. You know, you're my big uh, big bounty, you know, you being alive. Because she didn't know if he was going to be dead or alive. And they didn't really soak off of that. We saw her tense face, but they never right. played with that, you know. She never, like, fought the guy saying, I want to know what's going on in there. Get back, Missy. You know, she never... But she knew this was a fight to the death, and she knew this was the reason why they went to Tennessee. And right. Then he he goes, I, I don't want to do it. She goes, yeah, that's great. Yeah, that's right. And now they're looking at the money they still have. She's He's getting half of the $91 because they're going their separate ways. Right. He, well, he's going straight to the bar. Probably. And she never taught him how to read. Instead, she's just giving him the book and saying, read this someday. It's dumb. This film is dumb. <laughs> We're almost done. And it's shot off the highway. Got to give it up for that. It's the, it's a train yard. They're going to jump tracks. Oh, I see. Wait, maybe. Like, like you do with 89. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They're going to start singing the Big Rock Candy Mountain. There was none of that. Look, look, look. She goes, Bird, kiss me goodbye. Oh, gross. <laughs> oh, isn't that gross? Gross. Is that a stand-up joke? Oh, isn't that gross? <laughs> no, I don't think there's a joke in there. Go ahead, write. You can write that one down. I'm not going to write that one down. Okay, I'll just write it because they said it, but it probably won't come to anything. Okay, aw, and I'll put in like cute sound, and then I put. Uh, don't want to. Oh, she's uh, on the railroad. That's she's right. On the railroad. Right. Now, I think what the director missed an opportunity here. 
I think that we should have seen Bird running up, and she couldn't see it. Oh, right. So he throws uh, yeah. in the book. So he has decided to be with her, like to, to travel the rails with her. Well, she's not dressed as a guy either, right? Like she's just she's back to hell of life as a woman. Yeah, she she's she's still dressed as a girl, I guess. He throws her hat away. Why? Why? Right? Just throw the book away. Now they're French kissing, and I yeah, guess that implies they're going to be lovers. I guess. Yeah, that is kind of gross. Yeah, it's just, it's not disgusting. She is a woman, but I'm saying it feels like you should know better, dude, that, you know, and you're, you're just not in the right place in your life to match with her. Well, sure is lovely. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this has been Underground. Let's look for Michael Ironside's name. It's yeah, still There's Sanderson. Michael, Michael, not Michael, Ironside, no. Michael, Michael, not Michael. Goodman. No, Michael Shearer, no. Emmett Ed Walsh, Clark. look how low he is. I know, it's crazy. He's it right above crazy. Mojo. Oh, maybe they're going in order of appearance. I, okay, see, the, the, no. the actors' names are over. Where is Michael Ironside? Bay Thomas, the director of, uh, of a pretty much movie? From I guess. Thank you.